Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 47, and we're recording here on January 16th, 2023. This podcast is for entertainment only and not investing advice, so please, please do your own homework. Well, we are back into it here. Uh, we'll start with the market update and outlook. Then we'll kind of cover some interesting developments in Bitcoin news this week. And then I'll just finish by uh, not really going through, but just referencing a couple recent blog posts that I just uh, put up. Uh, one is a real estate update. The other one is a portfolio update. Links to everything in the show notes. So moving ahead here with the uh, market uh, recap from last week, stocks pushed higher Friday as the three major market benchmarks booked their best weekly percentage gains since November as companies began reporting their fourth quarter earnings results, kicked off by several of the big banks, Bank of America, Citigroup, JP Morgan, and Wells Fargo all ended higher, even as some said they are expecting a mild recession. Investors initially had a subdued reaction to the numbers, focusing on a rise in expenses and provision for losses, along with cautious outlooks. However, the bank stocks reversed course through the day and eventually finished higher. On the economic front, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index climbed in January to its highest level in nine months, which followed December's Consumer Price Index data released Thursday, showing prices declined slightly boosting hopes that the Federal Reserve may soon slow its pace of interest rate hikes. For the week, the NASDAQ composite surged 4.8%, while the S&P 500 jumped 2.6%, and the Dow Jones Index added 2%. Looking ahead, economic releases dominate the calendar in the holiday-shortened week ahead. The Empire State Manufacturing Index will be released on January 18th to be followed by the Producer Price Index Report and Retail Sales Report on January 19th. The retail sales number for December is expected to be influenced by a more pronounced pull forward of holiday sales in 2022 and weakness in categories that are associated with holiday shopping like clothing, furniture, general merchandise, and department stores. The week also includes a heavy slate of speeches from Federal Reserve members at the critical January 31st to February 1st meeting of the FOMC starts to get closer. The earnings season kicks up another notch with key reports due in from Goldman Sachs, Netflix, and Procter & Gamble. There's also a political wild card to watch after the Treasury Department warned the U.S. will reach its debt limit on January 19th and will need extraordinary measures from Congress to avoid a default. In a technical look at the market, Fairlead Strategies warned that investors may be out in front of their skis with more than 60% of the S&P 500 stocks now affected by short-term overbought conditions. Analyst Katie Stockton said she over, the overbought conditions suggest momentum will fade next week. Past peaks in the, this breadth measure have provided early warning preceding downdrafts in the SPX by a week or two, she noted. Okay, first article this week on the Bitcoin news is from uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, and this is uh, 
let's see, dated January 15th, 2023, and it's called Seven Factors Bitcoin Investors Should Watch in 2023. A look ahead at what's in store for Bitcoin in the coming year. We analyze seven aspects of what might impact Bitcoin price in 2023. Bitcoin Magazine Pro sees incredibly strong fundamentals in the Bitcoin network, and we are laser focused on its market dynamic in the context of macroeconomic trends. Bitcoin aims to become the world reserve currency and opportunity, an investment opportunity that cannot be understated. In our year ahead report, we analyzed seven notable factors that we recommend investors pay attention to in the coming months. Convicted Bitcoin investors. We can put investor conviction into perspective by looking at the number of unique Bitcoin addresses holding at least 0.01, 0.1, and 1 Bitcoin. This data shows that Bitcoin adoption continues to grow with the growing number of unique addresses holding at least these amounts of Bitcoin. While it is entirely possible for individual users to hold their Bitcoin in multiple addresses, the growth of unique Bitcoin addresses holding at least 0.01, 0.1, and 1 Bitcoin indicate that more users than ever before are buying Bitcoin and holding it in self-custody. Another promising metric is the amount held by long-term holders, which has increased to almost 14 million Bitcoin. Long-term holder supply is calculated using a threshold of a 155-day holding period, after which dormant coins become increasingly unlikely to be spent. As of now, 72.49% of the Bitcoin in circulation is not likely to be sold at these prices. There is a large subset of Bitcoin investors who are accumulating the digital asset no matter the price. In December 2022 interview on Going Digital, Head of market research, Dylan LeClaire, said you have people all over the world that are acquiring this asset and you have a huge and growing cohort of people that are price agnostic accumulators. With a growing number of unique addresses holding Bitcoin and such a significant amount of Bitcoin being held by long-term investors, we are optimistic for Bitcoin's advancement and rate of adoption. There are many variables that demonstrate the potential for asymmetric returns as demand for Bitcoin increases and adoption increases worldwide. Total addressable market. During monetization, a currency goes through three phases in order, store value, medium exchange, and unit of account. Bitcoin is currently in its store value phase as demonstrated by the long-term holder metrics above. Other assets that are frequently used as stores of value are real estate, gold, and equities. Bitcoin is a better store of value for many reasons. It is more liquid, easier to access, transport, and secure, easier to audit, and more finitely scarce than any other asset with its hard cap limit of 21 million coins. Again, something that I've talked about a lot um, on this podcast. For Bitcoin to acquire a larger share of other global stores of value, these properties need to remain intact and prove themselves in the eyes of investors. Uh, then they have a little chart here that shows residential real estate is uh, 258.5 trillion, fixed income 126.9 trillion, equity at 124.4 trillion, agriculture land at 35.4 trillion, commercial real estate at 32.6 trillion, Gold at 11.9 trillion, silver at 1.3 trillion, and Bitcoin down here at 0.33 trillion. Uh, but the total addressable market is 
$591.4 trillion. As readers can see, Bitcoin is a tiny fraction of global wealth. Should Bitcoin even take a 1% share from these other stores of value, the market cap would be 5.9 trillion, putting Bitcoin at over $300,000 per coin. These are conservative numbers from our viewpoint because we estimate that Bitcoin adoption will happen gradually and then suddenly. Transfer volume. When looking at the amount of value that was cleared on the Bitcoin network throughout its history, there's a clear upward trend in U.S. dollar terms with a heightened demand for transferring Bitcoin this year. In 2022, there was a change-adjusted transfer volume of over 556 million Bitcoin settled on the Bitcoin network, up 102% from 2021. In U.S. dollar terms, the Bitcoin network settled just shy of $15 trillion in value in 2022. Bitcoin censorship resistance is an extremely valuable feature as the world enters into a period of deglobalization. With a market capitalization of only $324 billion, we feel Bitcoin is severely undervalued. Despite its drop in price, the Bitcoin network transferred more value in U.S. dollar terms than ever before. Rare opportunity in Bitcoin's price. By looking at certain metrics, we can analyze the unique opportunity investors have to purchase Bitcoin at these prices. The Bitcoin realized market cap is down 18.8% from all-time highs, which is the second largest drawdown in its history. While the macroeconomic factors are something to keep in mind, we believe that this is a rare buying opportunity. Relative to its history, Bitcoin is at the phase of the cycle where it's about as cheap as it gets. In its current market exchange rate is approximately 20% lower than the average cost basis on chain which has only happened at or near the local bottom of Bitcoin market cycles. Current prices of Bitcoin are in rare territory for investors looking to get in at a low exchange rate. Historically, purchasing Bitcoin during these times has brought tremendous returns in the long term. With that said, readers should consider the reality that 2023 likely brings about Bitcoin's first experience with a prolonged economic recession. macroeconomic environment. As we move into 2023, it's necessary to recognize the state of the geopolitical landscape because macro is the driving force behind economic growth. People around the world are experiencing a monetary policy lag effect from last year's central bank decisions. The U.S. and EU are in recessionary territory. China is proceeding to de-dollarize and the Bank of Japan raised its target rate for yield curve control. All of these have a large influence on capital markets. Nothing in financial markets occurs in a vacuum. Bitcoin's ascent through 2020 and 2021, while similar to previous crypto-native market cycles, was very much tied to the explosion of liquidity sloshing around the financial system after COVID. While 2020 and 2021 was characterized by the insertion of additional liquidity, 2022 has been characterized by the removal of liquidity. Interestingly enough, when denominating Bitcoin against U.S. Treasury bonds, which we believe to be Bitcoin's largest theoretical competitor for monetary value over the long term, comparing the drawdown during 2022 was a rather benign compared to drawdowns in Bitcoin's history. As we wrote in the everything bubble markets at a crossroads, despite the recent bounce in stocks and bonds, we aren't convinced that we have seen the worst of the deflationary pressures from the global liquidity cycle. In the Bank of Japan blinks and markets tremble, we noted as we continue to refer to the sovereign debt bubble, readers should understand what this dramatic upward repricing and global yields means for asset prices. 
As bond yields remain at elevated levels far above recent years, asset valuations based on discounted cash flows fall. Bitcoin does not rely on cash flows, but it will certainly be impacted by this repricing of global yields. We believe we are currently at the third bullet point of the following playing out. Uh, first, inflation expectations rise on the back of record fiscal and monetary stimulus. Second, fixed income starts to sell off due to rising inflation expectations. And then third, market sell-off occurs as rates don't support asset valuations. Followed by massive liquidity crises as credit contraction and asset sell-off makes borrowers less creditworthy. And then central banks are forced to step in to stop the deflationary spiral and introduce record liquidity injections to suppress yields and reinflate the system. Bitcoin mining and infrastructure, while the multitude of negative industry and worrying macroeconomic factors have had a major dampening on Bitcoin's price. Looking at the metrics of the Bitcoin network itself tell another story. The hash rate and mining difficulty gives a glimpse into how many ASICs are dedicated hashing power to the network and how competitive it is to mine Bitcoin. These numbers move in tandem and both have almost exclusively gone up in 2022 despite the significant drop in price. <clears throat> By deploying more machines and investing in expanded infrastructure, Bitcoin miners demonstrate that they are more bullish than ever. The last time the Bitcoin price was in a similar range in 2017, the network hash rate was one-fifth of current levels. This means that there has been a five-fold increase in Bitcoin mining machines being plugged in and efficiency upgrades to the machines themselves, not to mention the major investments in facilities and data centers to house the equipment. Because the hash rate increased while Bitcoin price decreased, miner revenue took a beating this year after a euphoric rise in 2021. Public miner stock valuations followed the same path, with valuations falling even more than the Bitcoin price, all while the Bitcoin network's hash rate continued to rise. In the state of the mining industry, survival of the fittest, we looked at the total market capitalization of public miners, which fell by over 90% since January of 2021. We expect more of these companies to face challenging conditions because of the skyrocketing global energy prices and interest rates mentioned above. Increasing scarcity. One way to analyze Bitcoin scarcity is by looking at the illiquid supply of coins. Liquidity is quantified as the extent to which an entity spends their Bitcoin. Someone that never sells has a liquidity value of zero, whereas someone who buys and sells Bitcoin all the time has a value of one. With this quantification, circulating supply can be broken down into three categories, highly liquid, liquid, and illiquid supply. Illiquid supply is defined as entities that hold over 75% of the Bitcoin they deposit to an address. Highly liquid supply is defined as entities that hold less than 25%. Liquid supply is between the two. This illiquid supply quantification analysis was developed by Raphael Schultzcraft, co-founder and CTO of Glassnode. 2022 was the year of getting Bitcoin off exchanges. Every recent major panic became a catalyst for more individuals and institutions to move coins into their own custody, find custody solutions outside of exchanges, or sell off their Bitcoin entirely. When centralized institutions and counterparty risks are flashing red, people rush for the exit. We can see some of this behavior through Bitcoin outflows from exchanges. In 2022, 572,118 Bitcoin worth 9.6 billion left exchanges, marking it 
the largest annual outflow of Bitcoin in Bitcoin terms in history. In U.S. dollar terms, it was second only to 2020, which was driven by the March 2020 COVID crash. 11.68% of Bitcoin supply is now estimated to be on exchanges, down from 16.88% back in 2019. These metrics of an increasingly illiquid supply paired with historic amounts of Bitcoin being withdrawn from exchanges, ostensibly being removed from the market, paint a different picture than what we're seeing with the factors outside of the Bitcoin network's purview. While there are unanswered questions from a macroeconomic perspective, Bitcoin miners continue to invest uh, in equipment and on-chain data shows that Bitcoin holders aren't planning to relinquish their Bitcoin anytime soon. Conclusion, the varying factors detailed above give a picture for why we are long-term bullish on the Bitcoin price going into 2023. The Bitcoin network continues to add another block approximately every 10 minutes. More miners keep investing in infrastructure by plugging in machines and long-term holders are unwavering in their conviction as shown by on-chain data. With Bitcoin's ever-increasing scarcity, the supply side of this equation is fixed while demand is likely to increase. Bitcoin investors can get ahead of the demand curve by averaging in while the price is low. It's important for investors to take the time to learn how Bitcoin works to fully understand what it is they're investing in. Bitcoin is the first digitally native and finitely scarce bearer asset. We recommend readers learn about self-custody and withdraw their Bitcoin from exchanges. Despite the negative news cycle and drop in Bitcoin price, our bullish conviction for Bitcoin's long-term value proposition remains unfazed. Really excellent article. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read that and also follow the links to some of the other uh, articles that they cited. Okay, moving ahead here. This is from Crypto News dated uh, today. Why Bitcoin hash rate and mining difficulty headed higher is great news for bolts. The difficulty of mining a Bitcoin block has increased by around 10% during the latest adjustment, suggesting that more miners are coming back online as prices continue to recover. The adjustment at block height 772,128 is the biggest downward change since October 10th, 2022, when the metric rose by 13.55%. Data from miningpoolbtc.com shows. More specifically, the difficulty has climbed 37.59 trillion from the previous 34.09 trillion. Bitcoin mining difficulty increased by 10.26% to an all-time high, mining pool F2 pool said in a tweet following the adjustment. In this two-week cycle, if Bitcoin can go above 23,000, machines that are more efficient than 40 uh, WT can be running with profits at, at the electricity of point or 8 cents per kilowatt hour. The Bitcoin mining difficulty is a measure of how difficult it is to mine a Bitcoin block or in more technical terms to find a hash below a given target. A high difficulty means that it will take more computing power to mine the same number of blocks, making the network more secure against attacks. Historically, a higher network difficulty is accompanied by a period of higher prices. In contrast, plunging BTC prices sometimes force miners to go offline as it becomes unprofitable, which in turn leads to a drop in mining difficulty. The latest increase in difficulty comes as Bitcoin broke above key resistance levels over the weekend and extended its rallies. The world's largest cryptocurrency has passed the $21,000 price mark, 
at one point over the past day and is currently trading around 20,800. Last year was one of the worst on record for the crypto sector with over a trillion dollars in value wiped out from the market, rising interest rates as well as exacerbating worries of an economic downturn further attributed to slumping prices. The overall bad market conditions also impact crypto mining pools. As reported, Core Scientific, one of the largest Bitcoin mining companies, filed for bankruptcy in December last year amid plunging cryptocurrency prices and skyrocketing energy costs. In the court filings, Core Scientific said it had suffered a net loss of $434.8 million for the three months ending September 30, 2022, and had just $4 million in liquidity at the time of its bankruptcy filing. Aside from Core Scientific, other crypto mining firms are also struggling amid the market downturn. Argo Blockchain, Iris Energy, and Greenage Generation are among the more notable Bitcoin mining companies to face financial issues. Okay, next up here is from Cointelegraph. Uh, this is updated eight hours ago. The title is Bitcoin could see 25,000 by March 2023 as US dollar prints quote, death cross analysts. Uh, Bitcoin shows the potential of stretching its ongoing price recovery to 25,000 by March based on a mix of bullish technical and macro indicators. Bitcoin price exits descending channel range. First, Bitcoin's potential to hit 25,000 comes from its exit from a prevailing descending channel range. Notably, Bitcoin's price broke out of the range late last week, accompanying a rise in its trading volumes. The cryptocurrency's move upside also pushed the price above its resistance confluence, comprising a psychological price ceiling of 20,000 and its 20-week exponential moving average, 20-week EMA, the green wave, near 19,500, and then they have a chart. Breaking three resistance levels with strong volume shows traders' conviction about an extended price rally. Should it happen, Bitcoin's next upside target appears at its 200-week EMA, the yellow wave, at around 25,000, a 20% rise from current price levels. Bitcoin's bullish technical outlook appears against the backdrop of a relatively weaker U.S. dollar, which is down due to expectations that the Federal Reserve will stop raising interest rates as a result of lowering inflation. The two assets have mostly moved inversely to each other since March 2020. As of January 16th, the daily correction coefficient between Bitcoin and the U.S. dollar index, a barometer to gauge the greenback strength versus top rivaling currencies, was minus 0.83, according to TradingView. A traditional technical setup sees more losses for the dollar ahead. Dubbed a death cross, the setup appears when an asset's 50-period moving average crosses below its 200-period moving average for the dollar. The death cross shows its weakening momentum, meaning its short-term trend has been underperforming its long-term direction. Expecting more downside in the mid-to-long-term independent market analyst Crypto Ed said about the dollar adding risk on assets should bounce more on that. Or better said, I expect Bitcoin to break its bearish cycle as the big run in Dixie is finito. Not a long-term Bitcoin price rally. Bitcoin has risen 30% above 20,000 in 2023 so far, but on-chain data shows that the buying trend lacks support from institutional investors. 
For instance, the total amount of Bitcoin held by digital assets holdings such as trust, exchange traded funds, and other funds has been declining during the coin's price increase in recent months, according to CryptoQuant's Fund Holdings Index. In addition, no unusual transactions occurred on chain, but on crypto exchanges, per the comparisons made between CryptoQuant's token transferred and fund flow ratio metrics. The token transferred metric shows the number of coins transferred in a specific time frame, while the fund flow ratio represents the ratio of coin transfers involving the exchange to the overall coin transfers network-wide. Usually at the bottom, institutional investors want to buy quietly through OTC trading, noted market analyst MACD adding. This trading was simply actively traded only on the exchange and no unusual transactions occurred on the on-chain. The current institutional investors have remained calm and just watching. OTC trading will be brisk when they expect a full-fledged uptrend turn. Uh, so very interesting technical analysis. And, uh, you know, again, if you're dollar cost averaging, you know, you actually get excited when the prices are low and you get disappointed when the prices go up. But, but again, you're buying, you know, for the long haul. So um, the ups and downs shouldn't really matter too much. Okay, next article here is from Bitcoin.com. Articles entitled Report Egyptian Pound Reaches New Low Against U.S. Dollar Despite Flexible Exchange Rate Regime. And I thought this was interesting because I just listened to a podcast this week uh, and uh, they were talking about peer-to-peer exchanges and how those can help folks in the global south um, who have bad currencies and the Egyptian pound would be one example um, to um, buy Bitcoin instead and hold that outside of the system um, versus having to buy, you know, U.S. dollars on the black market, uh, for example, um, which are inflated exchange rates. And, and then they can't keep them in the banks because if the bank sees you as U.S. dollars, they'll immediately convert it to back to the local currency where it'll continue to depreciate. Um, but anyway, it's just kind of interesting to see the, the use case for Bitcoin out really outside of the U.S., mostly uh, as a financial survival tool and less of an investment, um, whereas most people, I think, in the West view Bitcoin as an alternative investment, um, albeit highly volatile and uh, you know, maybe like more like gold, um, just with higher volatility. Um, but I think the, the use case for, especially for folks that are living in countries where um, there's, you know, um, authoritarian regimes where, uh, you know, currencies are very weak um, is, is frankly huge and is probably the, the most important um, use case for Bitcoin, uh, in my opinion, right now. Okay, so getting into the article, the exchange rate of the Egyptian pound versus the U.S. dollar fell to a new low on January 11th after it tapped 32.14 per greenback. The currency's latest significant depreciation came just a few months after it adopted a flexible exchange rate regime. According to the International Monetary Fund, the monetary authorities in Egypt have pledged not to intervene in currency markets. Just a few months after plunging by more than 15% versus the U.S. dollar, the Egyptian pound tapped a new low of more than 32 units per greenback on January 11th, according to a Reuters report. 
The pound's latest depreciation has prompted some analysts to question the extent to which the central bank wants the pound to fall. As reported by Bitcoin.com News in October 2022, the pound's official exchange rate versus the dollar fell from just under 20 units per dollar to 23.09 per dollar after Egyptian monetary authorities agreed to abandon the fixed exchange rate regime. In return, Cairo would, would receive a $3 billion financial package from the International Monetary Fund. Following the, late, the currency's latest fall, some Egyptian analysts quoted in the Reuters report believe the pound had reached its lower limit. Others, like Farouk Sousa of Goldman Sachs, said it is still difficult to conclude that the pound versus the dollar exchange rate had reached an equilibrium. When portfolio investors start to come back in, that's when the market will have judged equilibrium, but there's no way of observing equilibrium, Sousa reportedly said. Monica Malik, an economist at the Abu Dhabi Commercial Bank, said the pound's latest plunge alone does not guarantee that investors will return. The economist said clearing the foreign exchange backlog may be one step that reassures investors. However, this requires new U.S. dollar liquidity. According to Malik, there is currently no visibility where this liquidity will come from. Meanwhile, in the IMF's Egypt staff country report, the global lender revealed that the government in Cairo had promised not to intervene in currency markets as per its agreement with the global lending institution. Egyptian monetary authorities would only intervene in cases of excessive volatility. So this right here, again, perfect use case for Bitcoin and why, um, you know, uh, the average Egyptian say would rather own Bitcoin than, than anything else, really, because it's, it's out of the system. It's only going to appreciate relative to the local currency and the dollar. And um, uh, they can, uh, you know, develop systems for, for uh, buying and selling in Bitcoin um, that, that are completely off the, the grid, so to speak. Okay, moving on, another Bitcoin.com article here. Uh, this one, again, just updated today. Uh, kind of an interesting article. Brad Desco, one of Brazil's largest banks, launches a tokenized credit notes in a blockchain pilot. Bradesco, one of the biggest banks in Brazil and LATAM, has entered into the crypto era, being one of the first institutions that harness blockchain tech in its operations in Brazil. The bank announced on January 13th, 2023, that it had tokenized the first batch of bank credit notes valued at almost $2 million as part of a pilot program to test the functionality of these technologies. The operation, which Bradesco claims is the first one supervised and approved by the central bank of the country, was carried out in partnership with Bolsa OTC and using a regulatory sandbox that allows financial institutions to make this kind of test using new technologies. On the significance of this, Edson Moretto, executive director of Bradesco, stated, we continue to work and test the benefits of blockchain technology using its innovation ecosystem, Innovabra, so that new operations are made available to our customers. Asset tokenization, the process of representing real-world assets and blockchains, is considered by some analysts the next step in market tech, the technology might become a trend for negotiations in financial markets in the future with the report issued in December by BCG and ADDX predicting it will become a $16 trillion business opportunity by 2030. 
Bradesco is the second bank in Brazil that is currently experimenting with tokenization and tokenized assets. The first one to do it was Itau Unibanco, which executed a series of tokenization tests issuing assets to employees and customers of the bank back in July. At that time, Itau also announced the creation of its own tokenization unit, which would be focused on offering tokenization services to customers, allowing them to tokenize and sell these assets using a platform built and controlled by the bank. According to local sources, more banks will also will be also including tokenization as part of their services portfolio in the future. Many of these institutions were expected expecting the approval of the recent cryptocurrency law sanctioned in December <coughs> to have a clear panorama on compliance issues to offer these tokenization services. So interesting to see, uh, you know, again, despite all of the um, turmoil in the uh, crypto industry, that there's still a desire for innovation. Uh, of course, we'd like to see that innovation done on the Bitcoin blockchain, but um, nonetheless, uh, the industry moves ahead. Bitcoin.com, uh, another article here, this one also updated today. Uh, Looked interesting here. Jeff Booth warns of debt deflation if Federal Reserve keeps hiking interest rates. And by the way, The Price of Tomorrow, uh, the book that he wrote, excellent book, highly recommend it. Um, the author of The Price of Tomorrow, Jeff Booth, shared his thoughts in an Ask Me, Ask Anything session on Stacker News last week. Among Numerous questions asked was whether he believes the recent Federal Reserve interest rate increases will actually cause widespread deflation. Booth replied, if they keep hiking, it will eventually turn into debt deflation or credit wipeout, a la Great Depression on steroids. Eventually, they will be forced to pivot. One important consideration for people is to think in terms of lag effect, i.e. 18 months from when actions are set in motion, he continued. Remember, when no inflation, transitory inflation, high inflation, Booth added, cautioning. This tightening only really started in September, and Fed only reduced their balance sheet by 2.7% last year with subsequent damage if they continue ugly. Booth published a book titled The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future in 2020. In his book, the author explored the problem of how to integrate the deflation brought on by technology into a system where inflation has been the norm. According to the book's overview, Booth believes we can avoid a looming economic crisis if we can learn to embrace what abundance brings, which could even be a world without work. Booth has long been a proponent of Bitcoin. He said in May last year, Bitcoin will give individual rights and freedoms to the billions of people on our planet that should have had them in the first place. The Price of Tomorrow author tweeted Friday. We live in a world of abundance bounded by a financial system built on scarcity. And while many don't yet realize it because they're still trapped in the system requiring scarcity, Bitcoin is the key that unlocks the abundance. Okay, and then we'll finish up with, um, with an article from uh, Coindesk. It's actually an opinion piece by Daniel Kuhn. This was posted on January 12th. Remembering Hal Finney on the 14th anniversary of the first Bitcoin transaction. It's been 14 years since the first Bitcoin transaction was sent. 
On January 12, 2009, Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous creator of the Bitcoin system, sent Hal Finney, a well-regarded cryptographer and computer scientist, 10 Bitcoin. This test transaction sent before Bitcoin had a quotable price was a harbinger of the many peer-to-peer transfers to come, enabled by the world's first cryptocurrency network. Finney, who died on August in August 2014, was also the first person besides Satoshi to download and run Bitcoin software. He did, detailed his story in a 2013 Bitcoin talk forum post where he said he was the first person Phil Zimmerman, another legendary cypherpunk, hired for the PGP Corporation to build the pretty good privacy encryption solution. When Satoshi announced the first release of the software, I grabbed it right away, Finney wrote. He was primed to find interest in a project that separates money from politics and enables user sovereignty over their wealth, having experimented with earlier instantiations of digital cash. Others, Finney claimed, were initially more skeptical. Cryptographers have seen too many grand schemes by clueless noobs. They tend to have a knee-jerk reaction, Finney wrote, so he mined a few coins, bought a found a few bugs and let the software run for a few days before determining the protocol was stable, but draining on his computer's CPU, and so he switched it off. In August 2009, a few months after he was the first to download, receive, and walk away from Bitcoin, Finney was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, a debilitating illness that attacks a person's nervous system. ALS left him paralyzed within a span of a few years. He eventually found his way back to Bitcoin, to which he contributed after his illness forced him into an early retirement. At the time he was writing out his recollections, Finney was building a new type of wallet. It's very slow, probably 50 times slower than I was before, but I still love programming and it gives me goals, he said. Bitcoin was a project he could see growing very quickly. In a received email to Nakamoto, Finney was one of the first to put a price on the cryptocurrency, estimating a fraction of a total global household wealth would spill into the project. Each of the 21 million coins could one day be worth $10 million. Since we're all rich with Bitcoins, or we will be once they're worth a million dollars like everyone expects, we ought to put some of this unearned wealth to good use, he wrote in a separate 2011 Bitcoin talk post. If it sounds lofty, Finney was aware of the speculative side of crypto economics. The danger is if people are buying Bitcoins in the expectation that the price will go up, then the resulting increased demand is is what is driving the price up. That is the definition of a bubble, and we all know bubbles burst, he wrote. His other economic predictions, like the nature between the network's growth and security, have more or less been borne out. Finney is commonly suspected to have invented Bitcoin, beyond the fact that coders are often their own first users and business founders their own first customers. Finney certainly had the chops to design something like Bitcoin, which combined several pre-existing cryptographic and computational ideas in a novel way. For instance, Finney created the first reusable proof-of-work system in 2004, building on the original proof-of-work algorithm designed by Adam Back, another Satoshi contender allowing people to redirect computational energy towards a useful purpose. Finney's use case for RPOW was a digital token system. If Satoshi's true identity didn't matter then, it hardly matters now. Finney wrote that in his correspondence with Satoshi, he thought he was dealing with a very smart and sincere person, a quality he learned to recognize over the years. But what mattered most was 
that the code ran and the idea was sound. Okay, uh, so just wrapping up for the week, um, please check out the, my new blog posts. I just uh, posted, I'll put links in the show notes. Um, I did a uh, real estate update, um, kind of, uh, I think I last looked at it back in uh, November. So this is uh, looking at it as of December. Um, still no crash, uh, maybe just a healthy correction. I guess time will tell. Um, but uh, seems like uh, things are relatively stable there. And then uh, I also posted a monthly portfolio update for January. Uh, so you can take a look at my asset allocation. Hasn't really changed a whole lot from last month since my um, base case really hasn't changed as far as the outlook for the <clears throat> the markets, notwithstanding the, uh, of course, recent rally in the stock market. Um, so you can read about that there. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes for that. And with that, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can follow my Substack at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. And you can always follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Nick Reichert. I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.